The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. This podcast is sponsored by Fiverr.com. Fiverr is a marketplace for creative and digital freelance services. And in fact, I use Fiverr for quite a lot of the things that we do here at Cognolytica and AI Today, including the editing of this podcast, the generation of transcripts, and more. I definitely encourage you to take a look at using Fiverr for your creative and digital needs today. And I have a special offer for you today. Use the promo code AI Today for 15% off your first purchase on Fiverr.com. Offer valid until December 31st, 2018. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is Santiago Brage, who is the Global Head of Credit Trading at ING. Hi, Santiago. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Hi, Ron and Kathleen, and thank you very much for inviting me. Pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. So we'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your role at ING and in particular about Katana. Sure. So I head up credit trading here at ING. So our main business is essentially to provide liquidity in corporate and sovereign bonds to institutional investors. And within this is that I initially started the Katana initiative. So I officially I'm the sponsor of this innovation. So it's something akin to being the founder in a startup, let's say. So I work with a group of data scientists and developers and UXers that have joined me in this effort in, in making this innovation a reality. Well, great. So obviously our listeners are not familiar with Katana. This is something that's an, an internal initiative. So can you talk a little bit about what Katana is and some of the problem areas that it's addressing and solving? And of course, just some of the impacts that you're hoping and expecting and perhaps have already even demonstrated within ING. Sure. Yeah. So we conceived Katana initially from the outset, really, as an augmented intelligence platform. And the first application, say, the launching app of this of this platform, is the tool that we have deployed now to assist market making. So it's for the traders in my business to start, although the view is to expand it, and we're already working on that roadmap to other asset classes. So we narrowed on a very specific problem for market makers, which is how to respond to requests from clients. In particular, in the bond market, it operates on the trading protocol that is over-the-counter, which means there isn't an all-central exchange, and we, banks, operate as liquidity providers. So investors call us to get quotes when they want to buy or sell something. But in increasingly, what is happening is that investors use electronic venues for this instead of picking up the phone. And in electronic markets, what you observe is that the frequency of trading increases and the average size goes down, but also it is a much more competitive market because investors can request quotes from multiple banks at the same time. So the problem is how to respond to this request. And we designed Katana so that traders would be able to quote prices sharper and faster. And the way that we do that is by combining data visualization with artificial intelligence algorithms. 
So what Katana does is to bring into one screen and display in one snapshot all the information that is relevant for the trader to make the decision and the pricing decision. And that is information that includes historical data, typically the most relatively recent historical data, some real-time data also, and some forward-looking data, and that's where the prediction comes in. So in one snapshot and represented visually, because uh, that's the way that human brain can absorb information faster and more intuitively, we combine all this and provide a context, basically, that allows the trader to make a more informed and a faster decision. Okay, great. great. So I know that Katana was made possible because ING has an internal innovation fund that helps projects such as Katana and others. So can you talk a little bit about this fund and what other AI-specific projects have been funded from it and why it's so important for ING to continue and encourage and support innovation? Sure. So innovation is really at the core of the bank's strategy. Our CEO, Ralph Hammers, talks about having the ambition to make ING a tech company with a banking license, for example. So it's really at the core of the strategy. And the commitment behind this is very significant and spread out throughout the organization. So one of the things that have been done in this sense in the last couple of years is to set up an innovation office and an innovation fund. That means the funds operate in a similar way than a VC would operate in the sense that there is an investment committee, essentially. So there's a board of the fund that makes decisions. And we or anyone in the organization can pitch basically for funding to develop an innovation or to take an innovation from idea to implementation. And the way it works is there is there are a number of things that the bank has put in place to support this innovation. There is an innovation sort of playbook, if you want, which has a number of coaches, basically, that help the different innovation teams to progress and take their ideas to execution. The fund itself, or at least in our case, we pitched for funding in late 2016. We succeeded in getting the first round. And then the way it works is that you have stage gates and you go through different phases of discovery, solution, problem fit, market fit, and at the end coming to scale-up phase when your innovation is deployed and fit to market effectively. So we've, as I said, started in late 2016 and we went through these phases during 2017. And basically at the end of the year, last year, we sort of ended the last phase funded by the Innovation Fund and are now scaling up the application from within the business, basically. So it has become sort of independent in that way. Okay, great. Um, and now, how long has this fund been around for? I think it was started in 2016, so probably about oh. two years since it began, yeah. Okay. So right about the time that you guys got funding, it had started. We were relatively early, yes. We were one of the early projects. I think it probably started around maybe more towards the beginning of the year, and we pitched, I think, in September, October. So, yeah, it was uh, rather early. Okay, and, great. Yeah, so, so if I can piggyback on that. So obviously, you know, AI is an area of development, you know, rapid development. Things are changing almost every day now. And, you know, it's also an area with very specific kind of skill sets. So and let me ask you a little bit about some of your challenges. So, you know, as you're putting Katana together, especially since you had a very specific amount of money to work with, your budget was fixed. What were your biggest challenges about putting Katana together and perhaps maybe even AI in general? You know, any challenges around adoption of the technology or the knowledge gap or your workforce or technology infrastructure? Maybe you could talk a little about some of the challenges that you faced. Yeah. I mean, all of those are relevant, to be honest. 
I think maybe at different stages, the different challenges become more important. I think for innovation within a big corporation like KNG, one of the challenges that you find is infrastructure and some level of organizational complexity that makes it, well, sometimes makes the process more complicated. And in terms of infrastructure and existing technology in particular, that is quite a relevant aspect because it's common that if you're going to develop an AI tool that is going to have an impact, you will need to interact with other systems. That is most of the time that will happen. So you need to interact with infrastructure that is already there. Sometimes it's not the newest technology. In banking, it's common that we have a lot of legacy systems from sort of previous generations, and that adds to, to the complexity of implementing. So the actual getting things done requires a lot of focus, and it makes a huge difference in that sense to have a dedicated team and have a very well-organized, if you want, stakeholder management to get things moving along, doing new things from within organizations that are, well, a lot of things are already in place. It requires more effort than starting from zero, basically. So that was a challenge. The other challenge is you mentioned is adoption, and that also is a major one. Even in my case, where I am the head of, of the business, ultimately there are users that need to be convinced that the tool is going to make their life better in some way. And I think one can underestimate how much effort that requires, and especially jobs that are of high pace, basically, and, and where there are the decisions are high-value decisions, so the impact of, of making one decision is very high. You need to make sure that you build up that trust in the technology and that you are building the tool that is going to be relevant. We experienced, so the way that we solve this is that we put UX in the lead, basically. So we really focus on developing the tool that the users, in this case the, the traders, really want and really is going to make them better at their job. And that is not as easy as asking people what they want. You need to do a, quite a lot of work in terms of unearthing exactly where the value is, where the, the decisions can be improved by adding machine intelligence to the process. And that is not immediately obvious at all, even if you know the market and you know the industry very well. And the third thing that you mentioned also is very relevant, the talent and developing the capabilities. That's, of course, crucial and is challenging because although there are a lot of people, increasingly there are more and more number of people that have the technical capabilities, at least to do some data science and AI work. To really make it effective, you need to be able to understand the problem in depth. You need to be able to work in a team environment and be flexible and deliver and operate in a fast-paced sort of continuous delivery mode to bring the solutions to the user. So it is quite demanding and there is lots of interesting things to do out there and a lot of demand for good talent. So it's a competitive market in that sense. Yeah. And now I know that you had said, you know, user pushback is a challenge that you had. Can you tell us how many people are using Katana and then what financial impact it had to ING? I know that it's been around for about a year. So I think that yeah. you probably have good data now to show, you know, what kind of impact it's had. 
Well, it's been, well, we started really developing in, well, December 16, really. So it, it has been in development for a bit over a year now, but we have been using it on the desk for, say, two or three months, really, so a shorter period. The results that we, so the latest results that we have, and by the way, we deployed an early beta version, basically, as soon as we had something that we were okay to put in front of the traders, and then we continue to improve it and to adjust it to the needs on a, on, on a two-week cycle, basically. No? We do have data already from the system in production. And so far, we see that we measure three things, essentially. And we see that one is speed, and we see that the tool is helping traders to make faster decisions in 90% of the trades, basically. And that, in a way, is not very nice to see that result, but we weren't so surprised. It's, there's a low-hanging fruit there, in a way, because even just bringing information that is otherwise spread out in different screens and just bringing the relevant data point to the place where the trader can see it and absorb it more easily makes a difference. These are decisions that are made in a matter of seconds, right? So if you took 10 seconds to reply to a request, it's too much. Of course, if you can save a couple of seconds in keeping your eyes from having to scan through a number of screens and find a price, but instead put that price precisely when you need it, that already makes a difference. The second thing that we've measured and see a very positive impact is in terms of the opportunity cost of trading effectively. So every time that we are providing a price, we are effectively competing with other market makers. And of course, you want to win as much volume, as much as many trades from clients as possible, but you don't want to pay. If you are paying too much more than your competition, you are going to be out of business. So you want to be fast, but you also want to be very accurate in your pricing. And that we've been able to measure and we see that opportunity cost has improved by about 25% when the traders use Katana compared with when they don't use it. So that is in a typical A-B testing. And the third thing is where really the AI component really has a bigger impact in how frequently you actually are providing the best price. What is your, essentially translates into your win rate of requests. And what we've seen is that the algorithms can help the traders win up to three to four times more trades than otherwise they would without it. So the numbers are pretty impressive so far, but it's a bit earlier in terms of the deployment because we just deployed it in one of the desks. So it's a small group of users and we've been able to measure this impact for them, but there's still much more to come really. So we're very excited about the results so far and yeah, looking forward to how it will scale up during yeah. in this year. Yeah, sounds really powerful. Well, if I can ask, and to the extent that, you're, that you can, you know, what sort of technologies are you using to power Katana? And what sort of are some of the key developments around AI that have, that have been most beneficial for what you're doing? I think one of the key things that really has been beneficial has been using open source technologies and doing everything from scratch in a way. So I think that combination is very powerful. So we started from zero. We didn't have a, li a single line of code when we got started. And so we could really design the infrastructure and the platform exactly the way that we needed it. And I think today the availability of open source code, things like, I know, the Kafka 
For example, mm-hmm. um, we use uh, Kafka Bus or we use Polymer for front end. We use now recently we switched, we changed our database structure to and started using CouchDB, for example. And all these things are incredibly powerful, really well designed and have a huge community of contributors. So it's very efficient to use these components. So for us, that made a big difference. And the same thing happens with the data science side, right? So you have libraries, of course, in Python and in R. We have data scientists working in all different languages for prototyping. And you can get a hold of, you know, I don't know, recently, for example, we were using a genetic algorithm that you can deploy and not only try the algorithm, but also tried on 30 different models, let's say. And so these kind of things really accelerate the pace where you don't need to write everything from scratch, basically. So I think those have been critical things that we design it as an open source platform and that we design it from the outset as a modular, extendable platform, which means that we can add components and we can extend the functionality area. Very effectively. Great. Okay, great. So as a final note before we wrap up, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to corporations and beyond? Yeah, I think one of the interesting things about AI, and I think in particular in, in, in a sort of corporate setting, is that it's augmented intelligence, actually, and the application in more, say, sophisticated decision-making problems. I think we've seen, of course, that text mining and uh, some sort of simple decisions can be automated, and we've seen that in many industries, and including in finance and banking. But there is a level of decisions that are more sophisticated and that require, I think at this stage, still require a level of human intervention. If we think long term, you know, I think artificial general intelligence will get there at some point, and then maybe none of us will have a job. But until that happens, I think there is an intermediate stage where there are complex problems that are not in the near future will not be able to be completely handed over to machines, but where the machines can be used very effectively, where the decision-making can be assisted and the computer AI can be integrated with a human intelligence for, for to improve performance. I think that is an area that we haven't seen a huge amount yet. I think has a very significant potential going forward. That's at least that's consistent with what we are doing. No, we are really focusing on that space of augmenting intelligence, really enhancing the traders' capabilities in this case, but more generally enhancing decision-making in finance. We're working in a number of other applications, both inside ING, but also with some clients to develop new tools on the same platform that are really targeting this impact, right, to improve on the decision-making capabilities of the humans using the tool. Yes. Well, we definitely agree with you. I mean, we actually, in our predictions podcast and our predictions research that we produced earlier this year, we said that 2018 was going to be a big year for augmented intelligence. Even though we don't have a great acronym for it, we believe that we're seeing more and more implementations just like yours that are focusing on helping humans do their tasks better, be more efficient, be more effective, scale up the organization's human power and human capability and not replace it. So yeah, we, we definitely believe that we produce a report on augmented intelligence. We've been following up with a lot of companies, doing briefings with companies, doing providing augmented intelligence capabilities to others. So yeah, we completely agree with you. And we're, we're, we're actually glad that you know, we had this briefing with you to, to learn about what you're doing in this space. So I just wanted to give you a big thank you, uh, Santiago, for joining us and sharing what ING is doing with Katana in the market. 
Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. It's really nice talking to you. Very interesting conversation. And yeah, we'll see what happens this year. 2017 was a big year for AI. And this year is looking uh, equally exciting. So looking forward to your upcoming podcast. Great. Yeah, thanks, Santiago. And listeners, as always, we'll put any concepts discussed today in the show notes. So thank you for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2018 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.